Sin Media and Arts Mitten acknowledge and pay our respects to the people of the Woiwurrung and Bunwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands this podcast is produced. Arts Mitten respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia, where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2022's Art Smitten Bites. This is Art Smitten's podcast where we post the full interviews of the wonderful people we have spoken to over on our radio show on Sin. Here at Art Smitten, we have the opportunity to speak with some amazingly talented people involved in the arts community here in Nam and beyond. My name is Christina and I am one of the co-executive producers for Art Smitten this year. And this week I had the pleasure of speaking with Tina Stephanie. She's an Australian Greek artist who doesn't limit her practice to just one medium. She experiments across photo, video, performance and more and has exhibited her work all over the world, including the Salt Museum in Istanbul and the Sydney Opera House. She is now one of the Victorian finalists in the running to win the 67th Blake Prize with her work titled Babushkarism, Grandmother Started the Revolution. Her work will be exhibiting in the Kasula Powerhouse Arts Centre over in New South Wales from the 12th of March to the 22nd of May. So Tina, would you tell us a little bit more about your unique artistic practice and what that involves? Yeah, I would love to. Um, my practice, yeah, I work with animals. For instance, I work with a herd of elderly horses who live around the corner from me. I work with my family, um, whom I also live closely to. And I work with various communities that I haven't met yet. For instance, I'll be heading to WA in a couple of months to work with some farmers. So it's really about um, context, relationships and poetic meetings of matter. Yeah, you seem to really love like connecting with others. That's a big piece of a big part of your work. And the Blake Prize focuses on works that explore the complexities of spirituality and you've entered with your work titled Babuskarism, Grandmothers Started the Revolution. Could you describe what the piece looks like for our listeners and also what that piece means to you. Yeah, so there'll be two photos in the exhibition and it's um, photo documentation of a performative action that I did with all the women in my family. So there's four generations in these photos. And what we're doing is we're passing around a... um, red egg, which is quite a a notorious symbol in Greek Orthodox uh, Easter customs. And we're passing around with our mouth. So we did this in between uh, lockdowns when it was safer to be with one another. So there was all those safety precautions made. Um, But yeah, so the piece explores through performative action, the idea of what happens to the voices and the bodies that can't actually protest or attend marches. And I'm thinking about alternate forms of protest and rituals and resistance um, that can happen in homeboundedness, particularly in, uh, I suppose, a COVID heavy world, but also 
beyond COVID or before COVID, elderly bodies or young bodies who don't have social media, who, who can't or who haven't got the mobility to walk around. So I was thinking about, yeah, how can I create this moment that um, encapsulates a different form of togetherness, um, which happens every day anyway, uh, through intimate family rituals and um, whether it be singing songs or whether it be cooking or whether it be arguments, because not all relations are always positive. So there's always a set of negotiations taking place. And so here we are with the egg negotiating it between our mouths. And also that it's about honouring um, elderhood and honouring the uh, female lines that have come before me, that have been before us and the souls um, that they had in their lifetimes and continue to have the elderly, particularly during this time. Um, so there's also an image of my grandmother who is looking directly at the camera and she has a veil and she has the Greek Orthodox egg in her mouth. Egg in, her mouth. in a way, she's kind of um, turning orthodoxy on its head by placing that in her mouth and directly um, looking at us. So yeah, so I call it intergenerational poetics and I find it really rewarding to put a joyful and affirmative um, spin on uh, my history, which is filled with precarity, whether it be from wartime with the grandmothers or whether it be um, contemporary domestic violence. I think there's so much depth to both of the photographs as well. Um, yeah, and for those who may not know, um, could you speak a little bit more about why that red egg is so like notorious as part of the Greek culture? Yeah, so every year throughout my childhood, um, and it wasn't necessarily explained to me the significance of the egg. I'm not particularly religious, although I respect the um, symbolism and poetic rituals that, that religion gives birth to. Um, but what we do every year at Easter is, uh, so a batch of eggs are boiled really hard and then they're painted red. And I think it symbolizes something to do with Christ and resurrection and, and death. Um, but what we do is we take these, these red eggs and we play a game of um, cracking them. Uh, we put one egg beneath and one egg above and we crack them and we see which egg isn't cracked and whoever's got that egg that isn't cracked has good luck for the year <laughs> which is you know it's a really sweet it's just a form of togetherness um and so that has happened my whole life and so I was uh, interested and I think the photos were taken around Easter so my grandmother had been boiling eggs um and the eggs used in the photos are also from the eggs on our farm. So we have a few hens that we love and we eat their eggs. And so there's also this kind of um, land practices and more than human stuff going on within the work. Um, and yeah, so I thought it would be interesting if we, instead of played the game of cracking the egg, let's play the game of passing the egg with our mouths, mm -hmm. which kind of resulted in this really mixed symbolism of um, like birds feeding their moms or a kiss, like queering the family unit. When you see this image of women putting, you know, um, eggs between their mouths very intimately, some other kind of imagery starts to unravel, which I really love pushing that. 
Um, and also I thought about the death mouth as well, because death is so associated with eggs, but also eggs, the chicken or the egg, what came first, the grandmother, the granddaughter, apparently grandma, granddaughters are born with their grand, grandmother's eggs. So there's all these other, I don't know, all these other things that start to unravel when you play with symbolism and live bodies and also non-professional performers. I'm totally interested in the accidents that occur when you're working with um, the everyday and people within the everyday. So I'm not sure if that answers any of that stuff about the egg. Oh yeah, for sure. That was so interesting. Well, wow. it just keeps on going and going. You can, it's like you can go on forever. Like there's so many connections and cycles within that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's and that's and I suppose that also references the babushkarism part, which is um, this concept of wombing, the womb within the womb within the womb with the within the womb again, the chicken or the egg. So an artwork also unravels within those same symbolic mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and your your grandmother, as you said, is a major um, subject in the work um, who becomes an eco-monument, as we put it. Um, can you explain what an, an eco-monument is and um, your grandmother's significance within the work, which I know you've already um, spoken a little bit about as well? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so working with my grandma is both like a personal kind of um, exorcism <laughs> where I get to kind of work with my situatedness and my histories and my relationship to this country through her and through her movement as a as a economic refugee from from Greece so she becomes both yeah personal and also a political practice in which she's I'm not speaking about my grandmother but I'm speaking about like grandmother in a larger dimension as an eco monument in the sense of grandmothers started the revolution. We all come from a womb. Um, I mean, that may change in the future with technology, but for now we can say that. So there is something about uh, honoring elderhood and also I'm practicing grief. Uh, you know, she's 81, so death is imminent as it is for all of us, but particularly for the elderly in particular in a, you know, a virus, um, heavy world so death is really imminent and I'm trying to yeah bring grief by working with her I'm I'm bringing the grief forward so I can work through it joyfully and poetically with her so when she passes um there's a I don't know a a wholeness to that in which I can move forward to within my own death so that's why she's an eco eco monument and and a bigger dimension yeah 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 sure and um again you mentioned the this intergenerational connection and the importance of that um how has that evolved like throughout your life and that like have you always been hyper aware of this uh, of this matriarchy within your family yes I have uh it's hard to forget because my grandmother raised essentially raised her three children one of them being my mother um, as a single non-English speaking new immigrant to Australia because her her husband had died quite early. So the matriarch, yeah, definitely is, you know, a strong, a strong theme. Um, and yeah, in terms of intergenerational, I think it's super important within um, arts culture and arts practice to acknowledge um, elderly bodies and also young bodies, not just the super, uh, you know, 
the juicy young bodies that we have, I think it's really important that we mix these histories and these perspectives and conversations and learn um, from that. Uh, questions of where is our elderhood now? And, you know, when we think about old people homes and what, what are the rituals of becoming um, elderly as well, I'm really interested in. So, yeah, I think intergenerational, it, that's just the way of living. It's not as if I speak to one generation. It's always been around and as it is around everyone, it's just about bringing it forward affirmatively and, um, yeah, finding new spaces with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, why did you choose the photographic medium for this work? I know you work in a lot of different um, mediums. Was that um, choice quite, I guess, um, an important one to make for you? Um, yeah, I haven't actually worked with a photographic medium before. This is like the first time that a work in its... Um, exhibiting space is a photograph as the event oh. happened somewhere else so it's a bit it's documentation of an event that didn't take place in the gallery and I suppose it's also shot in medium format film and it was shot by Shannon May Powell who's a, a Melbourne-based uh, photographer and so she came in and spent the afternoon with us whilst we uh, had these uh, egg configurations going on and yeah, so I thought, yeah, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of, it's like a postcard, I wish you were here, but you weren't, and this is what happened, and I suppose a photograph is a great medium for that, even though it's not something that I usually work with, um, but I think it's perfect for this this kind of um, family portrait, this strange family portrait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, and um, on a note of the Blake Prize as well, what made you want to enter into it? Mm. Well, I suppose as an emerging artist and, um, you know, with, with our times, which is so complicated and so strange for artists, it's great that there's these kind of um, initiatives. I am actually sceptical of competition and prizes in general, so I do feel also strange about that. Um, I have to admit that. Um, but it seems to be a generative uh, prize, so the opportunity to also exhibit and show work is a privilege. So anything that can, you know, help you um, tell your story is awesome. So that's probably another reason. But also I think it goes along with my uh, idea of working with family and grandmother and my community um, and bringing those stories forward to art spaces and art culture is really important. So the Blake Prize seemed like the perfect fit for this work. Yeah, great. Um, thank you so much. And that's pretty much all of the questions that I have. I just have uh, one more like bonus one, um, which is yeah. just like, who is your favorite artist right now? And who's given you like a lot of inspiration right now? Oh, wow. Um, I suppose, oh, look, I, my inspiration comes from all other places, as a lot of artists would say. Um, there's an artist that I've been, who, who is actually my mentor, her name's Alexandra Parici, and she's a performance artist based in Romania. And yeah, I've been a big fan of her work uh, for a long time. And she continually uh, inspires me with her work, but also with her ideas and the way she speaks um, to the world. And I think that's, yeah, really important how we speak to the world and with the world. And she does that in a way that um, inspires me to keep doing my thing yeah awesome okay thank you so much um thank again you. 
Yeah, um, I really appreciate it. And yeah, um, congratulations as well on making it and all the best for the future and all the works that you'll continue to create. I think it's great. Thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Art Smitten Bites. A new episode is released after every interview we do, so please stay tuned for more. Subscribe on your favourite listening app and we will see you next time.